0: Go ahead and open up Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. And I want to preach this morning on the folly of fear. The folly of fear. Fear is a gripping emotion, really, that can influence the way we live our life. And uh, many times the influence is subtle. And the actions even can be subtle, the results of that, uh, the fear, but the consequences can be long-lasting and detrimental in, in reality. Somebody once said this, that there's a fine line between faith and foolishness, and sometimes it is tough to see where that line is, and uh, what is faith and what is foolishness, and certainly there's a lot of truth to that. In Genesis chapter number 12, I uh, just want to read a couple of verses here, and and. uh Also, why don't you turn to Hebrews chapter number 11 as well. Hebrews chapter number 11. I should have had you turn there first and then put a bookmarker and then go to Genesis. Because we're going to read in Genesis. So Hebrews chapter number 11. And put a put a bookmarker, put a piece of paper there, and uh, save your spot. We will be referencing Hebrews chapter number eleven, and then go back with me to Genesis chapter twelve. And now you're all thoroughly confused. Go in both directions: Old Testament, and New Testament. We're going to read in Genesis chapter number twelve and verse number one. Genesis twelve and verse number one. The Bible says, "And the Lord had said unto Abraham." So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the word of God that we can study, that we can uh, look at, we can understand, we can read from. And God, I pray that you would just uh, use me this morning. I pray, Father, that you would touch each and every heart as only you can. And God, I pray that you would help us to... um, to see uh, the folly really of fear and how it influences our life and how uh, detrimental really it can be and how, in, how much influence it can have on our lives. And God, I pray that you would uh, help us as we study your word. God, I pray that you would speak to hearts as only you can. And Father, I pray that you would help us, help our faith to be bolstered this morning, help us to be encouraged to have faith, Father, in you. And we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at uh, this passage, at the life of Abraham, uh, it's a very interesting passage, to be honest with you. And, uh, and I don't want you to think that because you have fear, you don't have faith. Uh, some people, or people of faith, I should say, struggle with fear sometimes. That is uh, certainly true. People of faith struggle with sin sometimes. Uh, I don't want us to think that, hey, people of faith and Christians live a perfect life. Uh, We strive to, we want to to live right, and we want to do right. But the reality of the matter is we do sin. And the reality of the matter is sometimes we do have fear in our life. And sometimes we struggle with that fear. Uh, But fear should not be dominating our life. That we understand. Uh, But but certainly we would understand uh, fear. And, and one of the things I think that is plaguing our world today is fear in all reality. Uh, listen, the world doesn't struggle with fear. They just live in fear. They don't always admit it. They're not always going to say, I'm fearful. But down inside, uh, they are fearful. They don't know what, ho- what tomorrow holds. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know what eternity holds for them because they're not saved. They're not born again. They don't have assurance of where they're going to spend eternity. And as a Christian, we have that assurance. And so we should not be gripped with fear about eternity. And we should not be gripped with fear from day to day because we do know, hey, that God is in charge of tomorrow. And whatever comes our way, that God is in charge. And so we certainly can understand that. And we should not live gripped with fear. Now, that doesn't mean that we will not struggle with fear. Now, I want to look at Abraham's life. And Abraham is a, uh, is a wonderful, uh, wonderful example uh, to us in the area of faith. Matter of fact, we read here in, in the first four verses there that God called Abraham to get up and to leave his homestead and to go to a different place, a place that he would show him. Now, I, I, could you imagine uh your husband coming home tomorrow and saying honey we're going to pack up the house uh, and the honey might be like uh wow okay i don't know if i'm excited about that and then and then you say okay well we'll, we'll that'll be okay we'll we'll move okay but but where are we going and he says i have no idea now you might, you might not want to pack up the house, but you might do it just because, you know, the Lord told Abraham to do that. And so, uh, so, so you might say, well, okay, we'll, we'll do that. But, but when he says, where are we moving to? And you say, and he says, I have no idea. You might be saying, wait a minute, hold on. Now we're not moving and we're not packing and we're not loading the U-Haul up until we know where we're driving to. But there was a great faith that Abraham had that he, uh, that he, God said, hey, Abraham, I want you to pack everything up. I want you to leave your family and I want you to go to a place that I will show thee. And he didn't make it clear right up front. He didn't say, hey, you're going to such and such a place. You're going to this destination. He just said, load up and get ready to go. And Abraham actually is found in the hall of faith. And faith is absolutely uh, an absolutely necessary element for the Christian. Uh, You cannot get saved without faith. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, "...for by grace are ye saved." Through faith, not that of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So even in Christianity, in order to become a Christian, faith is essential. It's required. It's one of the first steps of being saved and trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. And we find that uh, that that was what Abraham did. Uh, Well, not necessarily Abraham, but uh, we don't see that. But we do find that the Bible says this... It says uh, two times in Scripture, Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. In other words, God said, hey Abraham, this is is the thing that's going to take place. And Abraham had faith in God and believed what he said. And the Bible says because of that faith, it was counted unto him for righteousness. And so uh, we understand that faith is the element uh, towards salvation. You cannot get saved without faith. You must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary and shed His precious blood so that you and I could get saved. But then the Bible says uh, not only that He died, but that He rose again from the dead. And that He did that because He loves you and I. And He wanted to pay for our sins and take our sins upon himself and certainly that is the root of Christianity uh, that we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ so faith is certainly a necessary element in the Christian life. And as we look at Abraham's life here for a moment, I want us to notice that Abraham had faith. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and save your spot in Genesis as we'll be back there. But in Hebrews chapter 11, it's so important and necessary for us to understand that Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham is listed in Hebrews chapter 11, which some, some people have uh, faithfully dubbed the hall of faith. And that's certainly a great title for Hebrews chapter 11. It talks about many heroes of the faith and how they live their life and how they are listed in this chapter. Abraham is one of them. Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 8. Look with me there. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither... He went. And one of the notes that I have about Abraham is his uh, stepping faith. In other words, that he would step out by faith. Listen, there's going to be times in our life that God is going to call us to step out by faith. Abraham was certainly called to step out by faith. He was not a young man when this call came. Matter of fact, we read there that he was 75 years old when God called him out. Now, they did live longer back then, there's no doubt, but, uh, uh, but 75 years old when he stepped out by faith. And I'm just saying uh, that, that it was an a, a act of faith for Abraham to walk away from his family and to leave his hometown. And to go to, to another place, I remember as, as we would travel and, and uh, when we became missionaries, we'd go to different places and, and people would always be like, well, I could never do that, go to a foreign country. Hey, at least I knew I was going. I knew, I knew God had called us to go to Peru. God didn't say, hey, I want to be missionaries. And once you get your support, uh, you can go. It would be tough to raise support like that. Most churches don't want to support a guy who doesn't know where he's going. Uh, but uh, uh, but God showed us. And I remember uh, people were saying, well, I, I don't think I could ever do that. And and my kids are amazed. Sometimes we'd travel around and and they would meet other kids and they'd say, man, I, I've never left the state. And my kids just couldn't fathom that. They, they left the state when they were two years old and and uh, they flew internationally and they, they just uh, struggle with that. But listen, a lot of people grow up in the same place their whole life. They don't move. And, uh, and that's a big step, I mean, to go from one place that you're familiar with. One of the difficulties of going to a new place is, man, learning directions all over again. Tell you what, it's terrible. And, uh, and having to figure it out. And and, and Abraham, uh, he didn't just punch into his GPS. All right, Lord, give me the coordinates and I'll put it down. And give me the street name and the address and I'll punch it in and that's where I'll go. Uh, no, God said, hey, I want you to go out and to be led day by day as you go. And I'm going to reveal to you where I want you to go. He didn't tell him up front where he was going. I... Uh, I'm terrible at directions. I'm bad. And uh, and uh, my wife is really good at directions. And and usually for at least for a long time, she would always give me directions. And and then, uh, praise the Lord, GPS came out. And man, it solved a lot of arguments. And my wife would get frustrated because she'd be like, you got to you got to turn right up here. Uh, What are you doing in the left lane? And I'm like, well, I didn't know I had to turn right up here. And so I, I like the GPS because, man, I can see where I'm going and I can kind of look and got the idea. And and uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I like knowing the steps that are coming. But listen, a lot of times faith, that stepping faith is... Kind of a blind faith and not knowing. Abraham certainly did not know where he was going. That's what the Bible says in in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 8. Not knowing whither he went. We have a stepping faith that causes us to step out. I want you to notice in verse number 9, the Bible says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. I want you to notice that there is sojourning faith. There's stepping faith that gets you to move and to go out there's sojourning faith that keeps you in that place where God wants you. And listen, stepping faith is exciting. When God says, hey, I want you to step out into something new. Boy, I tell you what, that's exciting to say, man, we're going to go do this. And, and there's something exciting about venturing out into something new. But I tell you what, once you get out there and, uh, and you're continuing to venture through that, after a while it gets kind of old. And, and you're like, well, I wonder if this is it. And every day, God's saying, alright, I want you to go to this place. And every day, God's saying, hey, I want you to move to this area and to that area. And it's a sojourning faith. It's not something, uh, it's one thing to step out by faith, but a sojourning faith sometimes can become wearisome. And listen, in our Christian life, we are in a sojourning faith. Stepping out by faith may be like salvation and accepting the Lord as our Savior, but that sojourning faith is that faith through life that just carries, You And carries you and carries you through one year to the next year, through one trial to the next trial, through one blessing to the next blessing, where you're saying, God, I don't know exactly where you want me to go, but I'm continuing to serve you in my life. And it's a sojourning faith. And certainly Abraham had sojourning faith that would keep him going. And listen, sometimes Christians get discouraged and they throw in the towel and they walk away from God and they walk away from church. And I'm just saying that Abraham had that sojourning faith. Listen, we need that sojourning faith like Abraham had. And then there's succeeding faith. Look with me in verse number 9, the second part of that. The Bible says, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Boy, it's a, a blessing to see that Abraham had passed his faith down. To Isaac and Isaac passed it on to Jacob and 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 certainly uh, it continued after that and there were many uh, that would follow in the, the footsteps of of their their father and their grandfather and their great grandfather and serving the Lord and 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 continuing serving the Lord and I'm just saying it was a succeeding faith but then it was a sustaining faith as well look with me in verse number 10 the Bible says for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham's faith was a sustaining faith. Listen, how do you keep your faith sustained? Can I tell you, it's, it's as simple as keeping your eyes focused on God. There's so many things that would distract us. There's so many things that would pull us away from God. There's so many sometimes trials and tribulations that will pop up in life and we'll say, man, this is difficult and I don't see how uh, how this can be resolved and I don't understand how we're going to get past this problem and, and, and through this trial. But I'm just saying this, that hey, God was constantly with Abraham, but Abraham kept his eyes focused on the promised city and the promised son uh, that would come. Come to him and he was pressing on to that city, uh, the, the foundation was made by God. He's saying, "Hey, God's going to provide for me a place. God's going to lead me in the right direction. And there was a sustaining faith as we think about Abraham's faith, and I want us to understand that Abraham, by all means, was a man of faith. We see several types of faith. Go back with me to Genesis chapter number 12 because I'm preaching this morning on the folly of fear. And I want you to understand first and foremost that Abraham was a man of faith. And we can see Abraham's faith. Look at it. Even in Genesis chapter 12 and Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham was certainly a man of faith. And I don't want you to think that Abraham was a a man that was dedicated to fear because he was not. But he did struggle with fear. And fear was something that, uh, that was uh, a part of his life. Look with me in Genesis chapter number 12. And not only can we see Abraham's faith in those first few verses, but I want you to see Abraham's fear as well. Look with me at verse number 10. Go back to verse number 9, Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 9. And Abraham, or Abram, his name changed later, later to Abraham. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, and the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, This is thy wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. You read these passages, and I've read them before, and and you realize that uh, that hey, there was a there was a stumbling amount of fear in in Abraham. Actually, you go back to verse 10 that we started off there. And the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land. And I think that that was a step of fear. Uh, Listen, there was a famine that God had sent to that land. What land was it? This was the promised land that God had promised to to Abram. Abram had journeyed there and he was walking and he was to walk all the way around. And the Bible says God had told him that everywhere thy thy foot uh, goes, that that'll be the whole land that I give you. And so he was there at that that promised land. He was where God wanted him to be. But all of a sudden, while he was there where God wanted him to be, in verse number 10, the Bible says, there was a famine in the land. And listen, the Bible goes on and he says, after the famine in the land, Abram went down into Egypt. Listen, Egypt in the Bible is always a type of the world. And we find that Abram, uh, as the the famine took place and and maybe there was no rain and maybe there was no crops and maybe there was no grass and it was becoming harder for Abraham to feed his flocks and take care of his animals. And I don't know the extent of it. I don't know the struggles that he went through. But I do know this, uh, that he turned and he went down to Egypt. Listen, that was a first step in the wrong direction. That was a first step in the wrong direction. The Bible says, and you can mark this down in Isaiah chapter 30 and verses 1 and 2. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, that walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow." Of Egypt. That's what God said about the nation of Israel in general going down to Egypt. And this was not the first time, uh, well, this was the first time, but this was not the last time that Egypt would turn and go, or Israel would turn and go down to, Is, to Egypt and, and take strength from Egypt, from the world, instead of drawing from God, and instead of allowing God to, to provide, and instead of allowing God to lead them. They said, well, we're out of food. We're out of water. Our crops have nothing. Our flocks have nowhere, no green grass to eat from. And they would look down to Egypt and say, wow, it's well watered down there. Hey, we're going to have to go down to Egypt or we're going to have to get crops. And I think this was a first step in, in Abraham's fear in going the wrong place. Listen, you can take these verses and it's so applicable today that, listen, faith placed in the government over God. I mean, Egypt was a formidable government. There's no doubt about it. Matter of fact, uh, we find that, uh, that, that uh, they were prepared uh, many times for these or they just had better uh, things. But nonetheless, I'm just saying the Bible is very clear that Egypt was a type of the world and God was not pleased that they would go down to Egypt. Matter of fact, in Isaiah, we read 30 earlier, in 31, in verse 1, it says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help, and stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong, but they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. I'm just saying, there's a problem when God's people turn to the world before they turn to God. When they turn to government for help before they turn to God. May they seek first out the face of God. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to take government help, but I am saying this, it's wrong to do anything without first seeking God's faith. And say, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? What do you want me to do in this scenario? And I think Abraham here had a step of fear that led him in the wrong direction and led him towards Egypt. And it was a step of fear. But I want you to notice as well, at that step of fear when he went down to Egypt, it caused another fear in his life. Look with me at verse number 11, and one plays upon the other. It says in verse number 11, And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarah, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me. For thy sake my soul shall live because of thee. We see a not only a step of fear in going down to Egypt without consulting God and without God's direction in his life, but there is a sojourning fear and one sin often leads to another and one fear often piles on top of another and all of a sudden Abraham's realizing, wait a minute, I'm going to get down here to Egypt and they're going to see my wife and, and they're different down there and their culture's different and their value of life is different. Hey, and they'll kill me so that they can take my wife. And he may not have been far off in his analyzing of the whole situation. But I'm just saying fear piled on top of fear. And it caused another problem. And he said, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, you're going to have to tell everyone that you're my sister. Now, listen, that was a half-truth. Can I say this? A half-truth is half-true. The other half is a lie. So if it's half a lie and half a truth, it's a lie. Because there's a lie involved. And so we find that, uh, that there was a lie there and, and that he was deceptive with what he was saying. And, and, and it was all the, subs, the, the sojourning of fear as he would live there and stay there. And he'd say, man, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, they're going to they're gonna uh, kill me for your sake. It goes on and it gets worse than that because uh, eventually they realize what has taken place and they realize, oh, Abraham is Sarah's wife and they're married. Look with me in verse number 15. The Bible says in verse number 15... Uh, then the princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake, and had sheep and oxen and her and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou, she is my sister, so I might have taken her to be my wife? Now therefore, behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh took Sarah into his house. Why? Because he thought, oh, it's Abram's sister. Hey, there's no problem. She's not married. And a half-truth got Abraham into a lot of trouble because he was decep- deceitful at best. And we find that he was, not, uh, he was trying to uh, save himself all that problem. Listen, many times when you're tempted uh, to, to be deceitful with something, trying to save yourself a problem, you often find yourself in a bigger problem because of it. And Abraham found himself in that very spot because he was decep- deceitful and not honest with what was taking place. Pharaoh's house, in verse number 17 we read, was plagued because he had brought Sarah into his house, and he was going to marry her. He was going to make her yet another one of his wives. And we find that uh, that God had sent a great plague on of Pharaoh to protect Sarah and to cause all kinds of things uh, to keep things from happening. And so God was protecting Sarah. And we find in verses 18 and 19, hey, that Pharaoh got upset, rightfully so, with Abraham. He said, what are you doing? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you tell me she was your sister if she's really your wife? And uh, and he was not happy with Abram. and, And we find in verse number 20, the Bible says, And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. You know what happened? They said, Get out of Egypt. We don't want you down here. And all of the, the, the fear uh, culminated in, in Abraham being kicked out of Egypt. Because he stepped out in faith and he went down to Egypt in the first place. And then he lied because he was also fearful. And and I'm just saying, Abraham was a man of faith. We understand that. He was. There's no doubt about it. We see perhaps a low point in his life where he was struggling with fear in his life. And listen, you and I as believers and as Christians, maybe we struggle with fear sometimes, like Abraham did. And I just want us to see the consequences of some of his action and the fact that, hey, there was greater problems. And I want you to notice as well, not only Abraham's faith, as we saw in Hebrews chapter 11 and the beginning of chapter 12, but I want you to see, we've, we looked at Abraham's fear as well in chapter 12, but I, I want you to notice as well, Abraham's folly. Go with me to Genesis chapter 20, just forward a few pages. We're many years down the road now. Some speculate 20, 25 years have passed uh, between those chapters. And and now in in Genesis chapter number 20, look with me what it says in verse number 1. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also the right, a righteous nation? We find that again, once again in Abraham's life, some 20 years later, now Abraham I, I was a man of faith. I don't want you to think Abraham was a, a vile man. He was not. He he is upheld in the Bible as a man of faith. But we saw one low point in Genesis 12. We see it repeat itself out in Genesis chapter 20. A different story, a different place, a different time, a different person. But yet Abraham again has succumbed to fear in his life. And he said, listen, I don't want to die uh, for your cause, uh, that they would take you from me. So I want you to tell other people, hey, that you're my sister. The same thing plays out. The same exact consequence, the same exact thing. Abraham tells everyone that is his sister. And listen, uh, he was not walking by faith, but rather walking by sight, trying to prevent problems that did not even exist. And I'm just saying, uh, listen, walking by faith is not easy sometimes. You look at that and you say, well, it would have been easier. Well, it might have been. But can I say this? Sometimes God brings a famine in our land. And instead of trusting God, and instead of going to God, and instead of waiting on God. Boy, we don't like that word. I don't like that word. Nobody likes to wait. We try to solve our own problems. Listen, I'm just as guilty as you are. I, I like to solve problems. I'll confess to you. I, I, there is nothing more gratifying than being able to fix something That was not working. I enjoy that. Why? Because that's man, you solved a problem. You took care of something. But sometimes God doesn't want us to solve problems. God wants us to trust in him and wait on him. Abraham was busy solving problems that did not exist. Listen, uh, what about Elijah? When God sent the famine in the land, uh, Elijah said there's going to be a famine. And God sent Elijah where? Down by the brook Cherith. Listen, Elijah enjoyed the blessings of God sitting by the brook Cherith. He drank out of the stream and every single day, the Bible says that ravens would bring him food. You say, man, I wouldn't want to be fed by ravens. Listen, when there ain't no other food and you're not going to Walmart, you'd be happy to see that raven come drop off that food. You cook it and clean it. Go ahead. But I'm just saying, God provided Elijah, he could have he could have fled. He could have gone to another country. He could have found a place where there was food. He did not do that. He depended on God in his life, and God took care of him. Even as he was sitting by that brook Cherith, the Bible says that the brook started to dry up. Could you imagine every day going down to that brook and, and just sitting there and, and saying, man, it's getting smaller, and, and maybe day one you know you just dip the cup down in there, man, you got fresh water to drink, and it's cold and it's good, and it was clean, and it was great. And then the next day, uh, or maybe the next week, he's going out and he's having to set it down. He's having to wait a little bit until it gets filled up. And maybe it got down to a dribble. I don't know how long God waited for, for uh, to lead Elijah out of there. But I know this, that Elijah waited on God and God led Elijah to the next stage in his life that there was a widow woman that was supposed to take care of him. And I'm just saying, listen, you will not see the blessings of God in times of convenience, but you'll see the blessings and provisions of God in the heart and difficulties of your life. Abraham left because there was a, a famine. We find again that he found himself in another country and he was gripped by fear. And he acted in fear, telling his wife, hey, don't tell them I'm your wife, uh, but, but, uh, but tell them you're my sister. And we find the exact same story pass and, and play out in Genesis 20, chapter 20, that played out in Genesis chapter 12. And I'm just saying uh, it was a problem in Abraham's life. And listen, it may be a problem in our life that we need to trust God. And it's not always easy, but it's something that needs done. Go with me just forward a few more pages to Genesis chapter 26. And I want you to see this as well. Genesis chapter 26. And it's not Abraham we're looking at this time, but it's the exact same story. Genesis 26, the Bible says, And there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Boy, it's very clear in that verse that God said, Hey, I don't want you to go down to Egypt. I want you to dwell where I've already told you to be. Verse number 3. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto... Abraham thy father. We find Isaac is now in a land, and he was tempted to flee when a famine came, and he was tempted to do the same thing that his father did. And look with me in verse number 7. We won't read the whole story for sake of time, but it says in verse 7, And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, She is my sister. For he feared to say, She is my wife. Lest he said, The men of the place should kill me uh, for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. We find the same thing. Verse number 9, And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold of a surety, she is thy wife. And how saidest thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. And we find Abraham's folly was played right out in Isaac's life. And I'm just saying, if we allow fear to grip our life, and we allow our children, and others around us to see that fear. Listen, they're going to they're repeat the same thing that we've done in our life. And I'm just saying that there needs to be faith. Abraham and Isaac, they were men of faith. They were listed in the, in the hall of faith. I am not saying they were not faithful men. They were. But we can look in their life and we can see that, hey, they too struggled with fear. They too struggled with besetting sins they too struggled with some things. And maybe you're here, and maybe you struggle with some things. And I just want to encourage you, hey, have faith in God. Wait on God. Learn from their mistakes. Learn from what they did and say, you know what? I'm going to trust in God. It's not always easy, but it's always rewarding. And it's always right to trust in God. Listen, God may lead you to get help from somewhere. I'm not saying he doesn't do that because he does. God led Elijah to the widow woman and the widow woman provided for him. God could lead you to. to get. I'm not saying you shouldn't ever get help. I'm not saying uh, that you shouldn't ever uh, use avenues that are available to you. But I am saying this. You better pray about it and make sure it's what God wants instead of acting out of fear. And acting out of folly. Wait on the Lord. Seek His face. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. If you'll trust in Him. I want to encourage you. Trust in the Lord. Follow Him. Be sure that He is going to provide for you. I was talking to somebody this week and they were telling me how they had been praying for two months about something. They It was a need in their life, a legitimate need. They'd just done without, they'd been praying. And God blessed and provided in a way, they said it was a God thing. Something that God had, had done. Can I tell you that God still works in 2021? He's not dead. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God who's living. We serve a God who's attentive to our prayers and to our our cries and to our needs. He knows where we're at. I hope that you're encouraged to put your faith and trust in him in hard times, in difficult times. And be sure that you're following God in your life and not just acting out of fear. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, Father, we thank you for Abraham, truly a man of faith. God, any one of us would be blessed to be written into the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. I believe Abraham truly is that quality of a man to have faith, to step out and faith to sojourn and faith to succeed and faith to to, to sustain him. Truly a man of faith, great faith. And yet we see that a day of fear, a week of fear, did impact his life. God, I pray that you'd help us not to live in fear. Not to act in fear. But to live in faith. To live following you. To live seeking your face. To live following your direction in our life. Father, we'll thank you for that. God, will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. We have just a hymn of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you're not struggling with anything, but you just want to ask God to help you. Live by faith. Follow God. Be sure that you're following God and not living in fear. All of us have fears at some time in life. It's not wrong to have fears, but it's wrong to let those fears control us and to dictate our actions. all right we'll bring our invitation to a close again I appreciate your attention this morning I appreciate your faithfulness to the Lord and uh, be sure to get a bulletin and know what's going on and there is the-